If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, and thanks for joining me on the Dream Job Ready podcast. My name is Dane Sharp. I'm your host, and my special guest for this episode is Tani Donkin, who's the National Personal Training Manager at Fitness First Australia. Please note that the opinions of guests are their own and not those of the companies they have worked for. G'day, Tani. Thank you so much for being a guest. Um, look, first and foremost, I know you're up in Brisbane, sunny Brisbane. Um, I should ask, how are you and, and how's your, uh, your whereabouts at the moment? I'm great, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm currently in Brisbane, although I, I technically live in Sydney. So I, I crossed the border in March and I've been hiding out, I guess, in Brisbane, working from Brisbane ever since. Look, you've got a massive role with Fitness First Australia. I'm sure it's been advantageous for them to have you up there, um, you know, in, in a, a very uh, kind of crazy time uh, right now. A lot of clubs around Australia that have been impacted, um, obviously, by what everything that's been going on this year. Can we can we start for the listener kind of to, to initially just break down your role, and then um, you know, I'm really keen to chat with you about some of the some of the work and, and kind of the new work that you've had to do within your role with with everything that kind of COVID has thrown at the fitness industry and at your job specifically. So, as I mentioned, kind of break us in national personal training manager at Fitness First Australia. What does that mean? What does it look like? What do you do on a day to day? Yeah, so so my role really is supporting the personal training team and the personal training product within Fitness First. So if we look back to, to pre-lockdown, we had a personal training team that consisted of both employees and franchisees within our clubs. So our franchisees usually sit around the eight to 900 nationally, and then we've got normally two to four employees per club on top of that. So a very large team across the country. So it's really supporting them and putting programs in place to make sure that they are getting the best training and development and support that they can so that they can be as successful as possible. We have a freestyle group training product that I look over as well. So it's kind of like small group training within our clubs, uh, helping to, to roll out personal training inductions, really trying to put into place programs that connect our members with personal trainers and give them all the training and support that they need on the gym floor. So that, that's kind of in a nutshell what my role entails, supporting personal trainers, training, education, and developing the, the overall personal training product. How how the heck do you kind of manage that, you know, I guess so such a diverse ecosystem? Because I imagine they're, you know, you're talking hundreds and hundreds of different um, fitness professionals um, that have come at the industry, come at their jobs from all 
different directions, I'm sure. Then to your point, they're actually on the floor training, um, you know, general punters like like me and the rest of the world that that as well are so different and there for different reasons and all that kind of stuff. How do you pull it together and, and kind of create a base for a training platform that, that works and, and obviously sees success? Yeah, it's really interesting because we work with mostly franchisees. They run their own businesses in our, in our clubs. So the, the focus of their business is different. They're business owners. We can't treat them the same way as employees. So you really do see their personal, uh, their personality shine through. So for us, I think we go back to the basics and, and look at what foundations do we need to provide personal trainers to be as successful as possible. And we really hone in on those when it comes to putting our products and our development plans in place for them. And then to keep that momentum going once they're in our clubs and they've learned their, the foundations, we've got a personal training manager and fitness manager team in our clubs. So it's actually a dedicated person in club and part of their role is mentoring and developing them further. So that's where it becomes more of a, a one-on-one personalized approach in club. Now, I'd, I'd love you to kind of give me a, a quick read, um, you know, at, at the coalface, ha- how COVID has impacted, you know, your role in your business. Because obviously personal training, it's such a, you know, the, it's got the word personal in it. You know, there's a lot of face-to-face time. There's a lot of, um, you know, things that have been knocked, knocked down. So how have you dealt with it all and, and what's it all, what's it all meant? Yeah, well, as most people are aware, fitness was hit pretty hard. Uh, we, we, We were already being impacted in the lead up to lockdown, but when March 23rd hit, all gyms across the country had to, to completely close down. And to be honest, fitness is one of those industries that in the lead up to COVID really hadn't embraced technology. Uh, as much as we could have. So we were were probably behind all the way right from the start. We didn't have things in place early on. Uh, And this goes for the industry as a whole. Most of the industry didn't have things in place to quickly adapt. So something that we did is in the lead up, we decided that our trainers needed a, a great level of support. We saw the attendance in our club starting to drop down. People were getting scared. People were looking for other alternatives. So we decided to put together a, a series of webinars for our personal trainers. We plan on launching our first one on the 23rd of March, which just happened to be the day that we closed. We didn't know that at the time. Uh, and on that day, we decided to open that up to the industry. So initially it was going to be exclusive for Fitness First personal trainers. And we thought, you know what? People in the industry in general can really benefit from this information. Let's, let's open it up. So that's what we did initially. Um, that ended up, we, we had this grand plan of running three webinars a week and then we realized how long we were gonna be in lockdown for. So we started to spread those out a little bit further, but it was really cool. So we had guests from all around the world talk our personal trainers through topics that were going to help them to rapidly transition their business online or to diversify their business so they could still earn money whilst they weren't inside of our clubs. And we have people all around the world who join those webinars as attendees as well. So that was really cool. Um, The other thing that we did with a really small team and a a couple of days to get this launched is we put together a a platform called Fitness First at Home. So it's a website that we we opened up and it wasn't just for members. Anyone could jump on and join this platform. It was free and it was just to support people with, with, with training within their own home. So we did a closed Facebook group that was part of that where we live streamed workouts. We had at least one workout a day. We also put recorded, pre-recorded workouts into the platform. We had recipes, we had articles, and that's something we've actually continued after our clubs have reopened. 
So that's something else we were able to, to put together. We also then did uh, equipment hire in our clubs for our members. So the equipment that was really easily accessible for us was the group fitness equipment. And, and we allowed in select clubs for our members to come in and to hire out the equipment and then developed workouts based on that equipment and launched it in our Fitness First at Home platform. So that's what we did during lockdown to try and support our, our personal trainers and our members. And now after opening up, or in most states we've opened up now, Victoria's still in lockdown at, at this point in time, but for our other, for our other states, we, we've tried to really connect members with personal trainers to help support integrating them back into our clubs. And we put together a 12-week coaching program for our personal trainers just to really help them to build their business back up to where they want it to be. Yeah, wow. Um, there's a lot in there, isn't there? I guess it's going through that, going through all of that, was that something, you know, did you find that motivating and, and, and kind of inspiring to, to work through um, or was it sort of a knockback and, oh, we just have to react and kind of get through it? Now, now with a bit of benefit of hindsight. Uh, I, I personally was excited and, and most of the national team were really excited by it because in one way we were able to, to do things that we've always wanted to do, but either didn't have the time, didn't have the resources, or it just wasn't our priority. Like putting together an online platform, how cool is that? We, we feel like we've been able to launch the, the industry for about five years. Personal trainers that probably should have been diversifying and not just having one-on-one personal training. And now they have one-on-one PT and, and as group training and outdoor training and, and online training. So the things that they could have always done, they've now been able to do. So after the initial, I guess, devastation of having to close our doors on the 23rd of March, that's where you know we were able to come together on, uh, on Zooms and on webinars and to connect with with the team around the country to put together some really cool things, and a lot of those we're continuing post COVID. Yeah, that's that's it. And what and what about the the people in the team that you've had that you've had to work with? Were they obviously you know huge setbacks at the start, just kind of trying to soak it all in? And what does it all what does it all mean? Um, but you know, take us to those kind of initial webinars. What what was the um, advice or the training or you know, what were those professionals that you were bringing in talking to in those initial uh, meets? Yeah, so our first guest was Jen Dugard, who talked about how to communicate with your clients and how to show them that there is a plan and what plan to put in place and just how to adapt to what's happened. So that was our first one. We thought we we need our, our trainers to be able to have a plan and communicate it with their clients. Our second one was with James Brees, who talked us through online personal training. Now, now, James was joining us from overseas and he was actually recovering from COVID at the time that he delivered that webinar for us. Uh, we've had Barry Elvish, who is the CEO of Fitness Australia, who's joined us for webinars. We've had multiple topics around mental health, some of them to support our trainers and our fitness professionals with their own mental health and just the, the struggle, the, the fear of, of going into the unknown, and then also how to help their clients through it as well. We've had business-based topics to help them to, to grow their business and look at how do you generate leads and how do you market now that you're not face-to-face with clients or with members in club. Uh, a lot of our team needed support around social media, so we had multiple social media topics as well. And now we've kind of uh, moved on from the immediate topics that we're going to help trainers to rapidly improve and, and expand their business and we're going on to more practical topics so our last one was on kettlebells which is a lot of fun yeah and i saw that i i, and I, I saw that you've got a, a uh, 30 day splits challenge right now as well <laughs> which uh 
I don't know if I'll start that, but I hope, hope plenty of people have. Um, I, I, I love the, you know, I love the quote, the teacher learns the most. And I think that I really am glad to hear that's been sort of exciting and, and motivating for you because it, it's, it's a terrible time obviously, but um, you know, to your point, being able to help bring the industry forward and do stuff that you've wanted to do or should have done a while ago is, is, is quite exciting. Um, now talking about a plan, I want to segue a little bit here. Has your, have you had a career plan uh, to, get where, to get to where you are? Was that um, all strategically done or you know, throw us back to when you started as a, as a personal trainer at Fitness First? Where did you think you'd get to? Uh, do, did I have a plan? Yes and no. <laughs> yes to an extent. So when I first started out as a personal trainer, I was living in Melbourne at the time. It was, oh, I want to say 12 years ago now. And at that time, my only intention was to become a personal trainer. And I wasn't really interested in, in doing much more other than being the best personal trainer that I could be. Uh, after my first year, I brought on two people to work with me within my business. So I was working at Fitness First at the time as a franchisee. So I brought on two people to work within my business and I absolutely fell in love with the coaching and mentoring aspect and helping them to be really successful. So for me, then the next step was to become a PT manager and my PT manager at the time, who was a mentor of mine and, and still to this day, a really good friend, kept asking me to apply for the personal training manager role. And I kept saying, I'm too young. I'm not ready. You know, what would I do as a personal training manager? And back then it was a real male dominant industry. I was usually the youngest person in the room and I was usually the only female in the room. So after asking and asking, I finally decided to apply and, and I got the position. So that was exciting. And within my first few months, I think I got really lucky with the club that I started with. I just, I was blessed with an amazing team that wanted nothing but for me to succeed. So after my, I think it was about nine months, I was asked to take on a bigger club and a bigger challenge. So it was more than double the team that I was looking after. So I went from the Fitness First Burke Street Club in Melbourne as PT manager, then across to the QB Platinum Club much bigger, uh, much scarier for me, bigger membership base, bigger, bigger personal training team. From there, I, that, that's where I really thought, you know what, I, I'm actually really good at this. And, and I saw what my future could look like within the industry. So at that stage, I kind of stepped away from personal training and went more into the management and the leadership side of things. I started running personal training inductions. I started running fitness workshops and I wanted to get uh, more involved with the, the senior leadership side. So my goal then was to become a regional manager or an area manager. And I wanted it so bad and I thought that I was ready for it. And all the little stepping stones that, that were in place to help you to get there um, started to get kind of taken away. So the company went through a change in, in ownership and a lot of those other tiers were removed. So you went from PT manager, the next step up was area manager. And then they took those roles away. So then the next step up was national manager. I thought, whoa. I'm never going to get there, but regional was, was my ultimate goal. So uh, after a while, they brought the role back in and the person who was, was made redundant previously from that role was rehired, which, which I was stoked about because he's a good friend of mine and I still work with him today. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, what does that mean for me? Now in the fitness industry, there are not many regional roles out there. But an opportunity came up with Good Life in Queensland. And one of my friends that worked with the company said, look, there's this, there's this role. You grew up in Queensland. Your family's there. Maybe you should apply. So 
I, I asked a few questions and then all of a sudden uh, their national fitness manager was flying down to Melbourne to meet with me uh, about the role. And I, I, I couldn't believe that I actually got the role. So all of a sudden I'm, I'm moving up to Queensland. So oh, I think I'd applied a few times for different regional roles, uh, especially within Fitness First and the lead up to that. And, and when I finally got this one, this is when I really felt, you know, I'm ready. Uh, I, I really want to take that ne- next step. And a couple of years into that, that's where I really thought, no, I've, I want to be national. I want to step up to a, to a national level and, and have even more influence than I already had as a regional manager. So then living in Brisbane, working for Good Life, Fitness and Lifestyle Group purchased Good Life Health Clubs. And then shortly after that, Fitness and Lifestyle Group purchased Fitness First. So now both companies are under the, the one banner and the national role in Sydney opened up. So it was a really cool internal move now for me to go from Good Life back to Fitness First, back to, I guess, my home and then relocate down to Sydney into my current role. So uh, it's a bit of a bit of a weird path that I took, but ultimately I, I kind of had to leave the company to go and take up this opportunity in Queensland to get to where I am right now. It was the only way that I, that I could get there. It was a huge risk and it was really scary and I didn't know if I was going to regret it, but you know, I'm back with the brand now and absolutely love what I do. Oh, that's, a, that's a beautiful story. And, and, you know, I think it's, it's great that you've got a few twists and turns in there. And I think the, the state travel is an interesting one. You know, we're, we're, we're a big country, but it's a, it's a small country. But, you know, just what, what advice have you got for, for the listener right now that's maybe, um, you know, trying to probably navigate COVID, but also thinking, oh, I might need, need to move towns or cities or states for, for that next role potentially, um, but maybe nervous about it. What advice have you got for them? Yeah, well, I guess it's hard. There's a lot you need to think about. And, and I'm lucky I don't have kids. I don't have pets. So I don't, you know, when I'm moving, it's just me. So it's a very, very easy situation for me. If you've got a family, if you've got pets, you've got a, a mortgage, things become way more complicated. But I think you've just got to weigh up the the pros and the cons. And yeah, you might be leaving behind, a, you know, a group of friends, friends and a, a group of people who are supporting you. But you can create that elsewhere and you can use Zoom and you can use, you know, the internet to stay connected with the friends and family that you have back where you are. Uh, and I guess you've also got to think, is it a, is it a short-term move or is it, a, is it a long-term move? What's your end game? And is this what you need to do to get there? And if you don't achieve what you wanted to do by moving, do you move back? So there's, I guess there's a, a lot that you really need to think about and, and it can be scary. It can be really scary. So it's, it's a risk. Does it pay off? Does it not? Um, that's really up for, to them to decide. Yeah, for, for me, it did, and I, and I don't regret it. No, that's, that's it. And, and you know, not, not meant to regret things. And you can always move back, right? You can always progress through. You can always do something else. Um, you know, just, just going through your roles there, that your, I guess your roles and responsibilities and, and certainly the, the people you're working with, that ballooned pretty quickly through, through, that, through that story. Um, what equipped you to... Um, I guess progress your own uh, skill set abilities to to help and train and coach people. Um, you know, you obviously got a natural talent out of it. I'm sure to start growing it organically yourself in that initial role. But as you built that responsibility and acquired more of that responsibility, where were you getting the help from yourself? You know, were you getting training from above? Were you finding external sources to kind of get inspiration from? Where, how are you developing to to take on that? Yeah, it's a good question. And most of the time there was no formal training from above in place. And, and I didn't really expect there to be. I always took my, my 
education into my own hands and whether that was through a structured course or workshop or whether that was through listening to podcasts or or doing my own research reading books I think no matter how long you've been in any industry for you can never stop learning it's so very important I, I think I listened to about four podcast episodes just this morning no matter what you do no matter how long you've been doing it there's always more that you can learn and my my education isn't the typical one that you would expect to see for someone with my kind of role Uh, From the regional level above in fitness, almost everyone has a uni degree. I don't. So that that was strange in itself. And I came into the industry knowing that, you know, if I don't have a degree and I'm competing against people who have degrees and have this really formal education, what's going to make me stand apart and, and what can I do? So if you look at the the courses and workshops that I've done on top of my basic certifications, they outweigh almost almost anyone that I've seen. So every year I do more courses and more workshops. And initially those were in the fitness realm. Now a lot of them are in marketing or they're in sales or they're in other things that aren't necessarily being taught by people in the industry, but are being taught by people who are professionals in their field about topics that are really going to help me in mine. Um, And on top of that, one of the most important things that I've done is all the way from day one as a personal trainer, I've had mentors. And sometimes they've been my PT manager or my boss. Other times they've been a friend who's been a a business person or a friend that, that can really teach me a lot and wants to see me succeed. So all the way through, I've had mentors that have, that have helped me a lot. If I didn't have them, I don't know if I would be where I am today. And they've, they've just meant the world to me. Yeah, that, that's so cool. I, I really enjoy talking about mentors during this podcast because I've, I've learned a lot about it. There's, I've had you know, some great guests talk very passionately about it. I'd, I'd love to ask you a couple of quick questions about it. First of all, did you, how did you seek out those relationships? Do you look back now and go, they, they were mentors? Or did you know it from day one that, hey, this is a mentor and, and here we go? Some yes and some no. So when I first started as a, as a franchisee with Fitness First, I came on under an agreement that, that Fitness First used to have in place called a, a tripartite agreement. So I had two mentors who uh, I had an agreement with and I worked with them within, within their business. So that was two mentors that were called mentors and I knew they were mentors from day one. But everyone after that, I don't know if I realized it right away that they were a mentor, but it was always just someone in my life or someone at work that was a, a huge, huge help to me. I think most of them were managers or people that I've worked alongside. Sometimes they were colleagues that I really looked up to who'd been doing the job for a lot longer than I had been. And, and rather than seeing them as competition, I thought, well, you know, they know a lot that, that I don't know and they can teach me a lot if I'm willing to listen. So I think that that's more so where it's come about. And I've never, I've never paid for, I guess, mentoring or coaching. I know there's a lot of programs out there where you can pay for mentoring and coaching. And I've, I've been really lucky to never need to reach out to someone to pay for that because I've, I've been surrounded by those people. Oh, that's great. And, and you know, with the mentorships and, and going and doing all those, um, you know, all the coursework and, and additional um, training that you did, um, I think it's one, it's super insightful for anyone listening. And, and I know on your LinkedIn, you've got a, a stack of those courses and, and training listed. So uh, I'd encourage anyone that's kind of thinking, oh, how do I get to, to your old to go and you know, check out, do a bit of snooping on your LinkedIn and, and kind of <laughs> see those courses you've done. Because I think it's very insightful, especially that counterbalance to, hey, everyone else has got uni degrees. It's it, For that person that doesn't that's listening, that's also quite helpful. Um, going all through that and as you went through that, are you a very 
goal and um, you know tactical actionable person or does it sort of come naturally? No, I think I am very goal driven. I usually know what I want and I'm I'll go after it, but I'm also someone who doesn't give up. And I think that's been really, really important. I've had so many setbacks and so many knockbacks throughout my career. And I think a lot of the times the reason why I am where I am is because you know, rather than, than thinking oh, I can't do this or I, I didn't get that job, I'm not going to get that job is I, I just didn't give up. Maybe I, I felt pretty crappy about it for a day or two, but then I'm, I don't know, I, I probably hold myself more accountable than anyone in my life for my own success. And I think that that's got a lot to do with it. There's, there's no one to blame for my success, but me, there's no one to blame at my values, but me. So, uh, it's up to me if I want it, I've got to keep going for it. Uh, wise words. Hey, I'm going to jump to the listener question of the week, uh, who was sent, it, this was sent in by Marsha and Marsha's question, uh, was how do you handle workplace disappointment? So just listening to you there saying you've had a couple of setbacks, um, completely up to you how much you want to talk to them, etc. But um, I, I think very timely question from Marsha. How do you handle workplace disappointment? Yeah, uh, workplace disappointment. I guess it's a tricky one. It, it, it can come in so many different forms, whether it's not getting a job or whether it's you, you've pitched something that you really believe in and you've been told no. There's so many different things that could disappoint you from day to day and week to week or, or just all the way throughout your career. I think when it comes to workplace disappointment, in, early on in my career, if I really think back to it, I was pretty fiery. So I didn't necessarily express it externally, but internally I, I might get quite angry or, or quite upset Uh and it would take me a day or two to get over it, to think about, you know, was that the right way to respond? What was a better way to respond? And, and just trying to get back on track to hang on, you've got a goal, you know what you want. Is there another way that, that you can achieve it? Uh, now I, I think I respond to things a lot calmer and, and you just expect it. There are going to be setbacks and you're not going to get the job every time and you're not going to get a promotion every time. And, and rather than being disappointed by it, almost expect it and think, you know, that that's okay. I've received, I've ran into one roadblock. There's going to be another way. There's going to be another way that I can approach this. There's going to be another person that I can talk to. There's going to be another opportunity and just finding another way around it. And sometimes that means you've just got to, I guess, look at it at a, in a different way and try and take the emotion out of it and see it from another perspective. I think one of the, one of the best bits of advice that I got early on, especially while I was a, a manager, was a particular book. And I know it's really cliche and, and everyone's read it, but it's How to Win Friends and Influence People. And it's one that the first time I read it, it just kind of clicked for me that I'm approaching everything in the wrong way. I'm approaching people in the wrong way. I'm leading in the wrong way. And as soon as I started to implement what I learned from that book, it completely changed everything for me. And then doors that had been closed for a really long time just started to open up. And ultimately, I think it's just because it changed my perspective on how I personally saw each situation. So if anyone hasn't read it, I highly recommend it, especially the newer version, which is adapted to the digital age. Wow, that's that's all. Do, do you remember the the specifics in in what you th thought you were doing wrong or dealing with people in the wrong way? Like, can you share? Can you go into more detail? There? I can tell you the exact day that I was given this advice and and what had happened. So I was very angry because a receptionist hadn't done what I wanted them to do, 
And I hadn't really asked them to do it. I told them to do it. And then I told them again and they weren't doing what I wanted. And I was getting really, really frustrated. And the state manager at the time came in and I was, I was venting to him and I was in the moment expecting him to walk out there and do something about it. And he turned the entire situation back onto me. And I wasn't expecting that at all. And he kind of put it back to me and that actually it might be my fault that they're not doing it. And, and what role did I play in that? And he suggested that I read this book. And at the time I was, I was feeling pretty angry inside and that I didn't feel like I was being supported, but he left and I walked away and I thought about it and I said, okay, you know what? He could be right. He could be wrong. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy the book. So I bought the book. I read it from cover to cover and he was right. He was completely right. And the funny thing is the next time that I saw the state manager, he said, Hey, come over here. I've got something for you. I said, Oh, what is it? And he handed me the book and I was like, Oh my God, I actually bought it. I've already bought it. I've already read it. You were, you were so right about everything. So it's, it's something that I do for most managers that I hire now is I give them copy of the book because I know how much it's helped me. Uh, it, it's not for everyone. A lot of people don't, don't need that kind of advice. But for me, I found that really, really valuable. Oh, that's a that's a really big moment, um, you know, and, and a, gr- a great one to look back on. That's you know, it's great to sort of have a, a clear identification of a, of a you know time and space that you actually really had to learn and progressed and and kind of you know improve that skill set. So that's awesome. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. No worries. It's, it's it was kind of a defining moment for me in my leadership journey. So it's something I'll never forget. Oh, and you know, it's it's super important. Not every leader has. 100% uh, success on, on, on day one for sure. So, you know, you've got to keep growing and, and you've got to be open to feedback as well. Um, hey, I want to talk about some of the fu- what, what looks like really fun stuff that you've been doing. I've noticed you're very active on TikTok at the moment, um, you know, newest social platform around, obviously. Talk to us about, I guess, uh, diving into that uh, head first, um, you know, with, with some of the advice you've been giving on there. Yes, I have to say up front, I'm still a newbie to the TikTok platform. I'm in no way a professional. I'm still learning my learning the, the ropes for, for TikTok. But I'm someone who, if, if I'm, I guess, scared of something, I, I kind of run straight towards it. And TikTok is one of those platforms that everyone keeps saying it's for kids, it's for teenagers. And I downloaded it just to suss it out and just to kind of lurk in the background and see what it was all about. And I got addicted pretty quickly. It's really, really entertaining. And the more I learn about the platform and the more I learn about how the algorithm worked, I thought, well, there's actually a lot of people on here using it for business. And the people that started to show up in my feed because that was the content I was engaging with ended up being a lot of business people. I thought, this is actually really cool. The video editing in that in that app was so much more advanced than any of the other apps that I've been using. So after a few failed attempts and a few failed recordings that I deleted before I even posted them. Um, I decided to give it a go and just, just put some things out there. What I was about to say, what, what's the, um, the, the, your anger with the content? Cause you're right. There's a lot of really cool leadership, leadership stuff. Uh, there's plenty of fitness stuff on there as well. Um, what, what's your, what are you trying to deliver with your content? Uh, for me, it's, it's mostly business with a bit of a uh, bit of dancing kind of, threaded through there but mostly business related topics especially for personal trainers and even if it doesn't call out personal trainers specifically uh, it, it's content that's incredibly relevant for personal trainers 
so that that's basically what i what i put out there and i have found by posting my TikTok videos and other platforms. I know a lot of people say, don't don't post them on other platforms. They won't perform as well. They actually have, which has been really cool. And funnily enough, TikTok and LinkedIn are polar, polar opposites in terms of the, the audience that they attract. But I've actually had with some of my videos more engagement on my TikTok video that I've reposted on LinkedIn than I have on the same video in TikTok, which is really funny. So I kind of, I'm still learning but I'm embracing it. I'm addicted to it. Just, just taking in all the information. So I think it's really cool. And the, the other one that I'm, I'm playing around with at the moment is Instagram reels, because that's something new that they've rolled out. And it's, it's what they're using to try and compete with TikTok. It's still new. So there's still a lot of, of work to be done there, but it, it's it's really cool and you can engage your current audience on Instagram but also reach a heap of new people that you're not currently connected with just based on the algorithm and because it's a it's a new feature anything new usually on any platform they want to push it pretty hard so if you jump onto it right away engagement is normally pretty good I'm sure I'm sure you're sharing this advice uh, wisely with with you know the whole staff from Fitness First, and yeah. You know, what can I ask you just to sort of sum this all up as we as we start going out of winter and and into those warmer months ahead? What's got you really excited uh, about your role, and and um, more specifically, what are you really passionate about and motivated about going into this back half of the year with with all of the different people that you work with? I think for me, one of the most exciting things right now is that the personal trainers in the industry that that stuck through this that have come out the other side of lockdown after they've had all this time to think about what they truly want to do. The ones who've come out the, outer, out the other side, they're the ones who truly want to be there. And they're the ones that I'm really excited to work with. So uh, absolutely the industry lost a lot of fitness professionals during this time, but I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. I think the ones that are here now are the ones that want to be here and want to be here for the right reasons. So that's something that's really exciting. And also having the ability to integrate everything that we've learned during lockdown, like integrating technology and integrating all these new ways of doing things. I'm really excited to see where we can take that now. So I think we're finally in a place where we can embrace it and we can do some really cool stuff. Very cool, Tani. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy your content um, for the rest of the year, I'm sure, and beyond. So, hey, great work with what, everything you guys have been doing. I know you've had to think fast, act fast, um, change direction, come back, turn around, millions of different things. Um, I, I really appreciate everything you've been doing and, and thanks for your time on Dream Job Ready. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been great chatting with you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.